What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murder. everybody to another episode of speaking of murder and welcome to the new listeners uh before we get started on the story that sean is going to be telling us today a little bit of business if you haven't already check out our other podcasts we have two other podcasts speaking of missing persons and speaking of hauntings uh if you like this check those out you'll probably like those too and if you want to see any of the uh, pictures associated with today's case, check out our Instagram at Missing Murdered Haunted. Um, so, with that out of the way, Shauna, tell us about a murder. Today, we're going to be talking about a case that really, really, really pisses me off. Every time I hear it, I get more pissed. Okay. Sweet. can't wait we're getting angry the entire time i was writing this i was literally cussing because of how pissed this dude makes me okay we're gonna talk about a man named john list okay i know exactly who this is and i can understand your reasons for being pissed and i don't have any clue who this is (laughs) not a clue never heard of it (laughs) i am not following along with why you're pissed yet but I'm sure I'll get there. Oh, you'll 100% get there. Oh, you'll definitely get there. It's annoying. This man is Ooh. freaking annoying. Can't wait to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> John List. From the outside looking in, John List had the perfect life with his wife, Helen, and three kids. Patricia, who was 16, John Jr., who was 15, and Frederick, who was 13. They lived in a 19-bedroom Victorian-style mansion with an apartment upstairs. 19-bedroom. Just bedrooms. How many bathrooms? I didn't say. But it had... Like a 19-room Victorian house? 19 19 bedrooms. It was a mansion. And you still needed an apartment upstairs? It, this house was big, maybe, big. It had a it like ballroom. Airbnbs or something? No. This this man bought this house for his family of four. Maybe it was like a, a butler's quarters or something. Oh, like why the apartment was there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, probably. Maid or butler. Okay, probably. gotcha. Maybe. This house, it was said to have a ballroom, uh, multiple fireplaces with like crown molding uh and tiffany a tiffany skylight whatever that is i i know this story as soon as you said a tiffany skylight i knew exactly (laughs) what you were talking about that's what it took i'm still no you'll understand you'll understand why later in the story why that'll that part in particular would give away the story for someone who's heard it before the the apartment was used for his mother alma he moved her in. She was in her 80s. Okay. In-law suite. No, That's okay. what he used it as, yeah. The family attended their Lutheran church every Sunday, and like his dad, 
John was a Sunday school teacher. Okay. He worked as an accountant at a bank until 1971 when he was laid off due to the bank closing. He tried to find another job, but had no luck in doing so. He also couldn't bear to tell his family that he had lost his job. So he would wake up to leave the house when he normally would, and he would come home when he normally would, pretending like he still had a job. Oh, my God. I can't... You, you're already People that pissed. do that annoy me. You're already pissed, and we're not even there yet. I've known somebody personally that used to do that, and it's annoying as balls. Like, that is fucking annoying. Yeah, because you're pretty much... You're lying. You're lying. And yeah. your family is just going about their damn business like... Right. Nothing is wrong. Every report says that he was fired, but there... I found reports that the bank actually closed, so it was more like he got laid off. But either way, he was yeah, yeah he no didn't longer have employed. a job. I just thought I'd throw it in there. During those hours of the day, he was going to job interviews, but again, not getting jobs. Or he was sitting at the train station reading newspapers. He would also, around this time, go to the bank and pull out money from his mom's bank account to help pay the mortgage. Okay. So he was stealing from his own mother. Yes. Who was, like I said, 80. She was an elderly woman. To John, applying for welfare would bring nothing but embarrassment to his family, and he thought poverty would show them the evil of the world and turn them away from God. So feeling cornered, John came up with a plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. On November 9th, 1971, he saw the kids off to school, walked into the kitchen where his wife Helen was sipping her morning coffee, and shot her in the back of the head. The fuck? He then went upstairs to his mother Alma's apartment and shot her above the left eye. He then shot Patricia and Frederick in the back of the head as they entered the home from school. He went into the kitchen, made a sandwich, then went to the bank, emptied his and his mother's bank accounts, before attending John Jr.'s high school soccer game. He then drove John Jr. home and then shot him multiple times. They know this because John Jr. had defensive wounds. That's why he got shot multiple times. He was trying to fight his dad off. He then took his wife and three kids' bodies into the ballroom, laid them on sleeping bags. He left his mother upstairs. Some things say that it was because he couldn't physically like move her downstairs, so he just left her where she was. He cleaned the crime scene, cut himself out of all the family photos, wrote a five-page note to his pastor, canceled all the delivery services, newspaper, milk, all of that, called the kids' school, said that they were going to visit their ill grandmother in a few weeks. He also said that she was actually supposed to visit within this week of the murders, and if she would have, he would have also killed her. She would have been the sixth victim. Before he left in the morning, he turned on all the lights in the house, put on religious music over the intercom, and walked out the door to not... He wouldn't be seen again for 18 years. <laughs> okay. The fuck? Yeah. Uh, what? I'm sorry. What? Yeah. He just murdered his whole family, including his mom, and just locks the doors and walks away? Yeah. For 18 years. Yeah. Yep. Sure did. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't, his 
original excuse is he didn't want them to see what poverty was like because yeah. that was ungodly. It would it would turn them from God. And by the way, we were wrong. It is 19 rooms, not 19 bedrooms. Oh. It's it's kind of like the Okay. the clutter house. It's 19 it's, rooms total. Not, okay. Yes. Okay. I was going to say 19 Well, thank bedrooms. you for clearing that up, but that again, my sources said 19 bedrooms. Please don't come for me. I swear I put in the work. And the thing is, I can't find out how many. There's nothing that says how many bathrooms. I didn't know that's what we were looking for. <laughs> yes, that's what I was looking for. I'm sorry. While Samantha's still flabbergasted I'm trying. I'm trying to happened. process. His solution to losing his job was murdering his whole family. Correct. Instead of being like, hey, guys, I lost my job. Um, We're going to have to figure something out here. Until I find somewhere else to work, maybe sell this house. No, I'm just going to shoot you all in the back of the head. I said the same thing. He could have just sold the house. What did he disappear and do for 18 years? So, I'm going to let Bobby drop this bombshell. So, wait, I was, hold on. Did did they find the family? Hold on. You're going to find all of that out. The story's not over. No, so, this isn't the end of the damn story. As Shauna told you, all all of us, the main reason he was doing this was to avoid poverty because he had no job. He's pretty much out of money. His mom's elderly. She's nearly out of money. That Tiffany skylight, the value of it, around that time, around dollars $100,000. It was worth more than the whole house. Oh, and, that's why it wasn't. And in what all I of read. his debts, which was a big part of why he did this, was he had a bunch of debt. He had a bunch of debt. He was completely bankrupt, and he had used most of his mother's money behind her back. But all he had to do was sell a Tiffany skylight. Yes. Yeah, and it could have resolved the entire family's financial issues from top to bottom. And he, but instead, he went and murdered them. All. He didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know. He had no clue that that skylight was worth that much money. I mean, did he know that it was Tiffany Glass? I don't think he did. I don't think he did because I don't think a lot of people did because they bought that house for like not that much. I think it was like $50,000 or something. Gotcha. The skylight was worth more than the house. The house. Holy smokes. Okay, well, that's news to me. But (laughs) then again, it was apparently news to John also. Are you ready? Do you want to continue? I, I guess, yeah. Basically, what you know at this point is John murdered his whole family for religious views. That's what he claims. Right. In the letter that he left behind, which we'll talk about all of this stuff later. <laughs> Smith is like flabbergasted over there. Doesn't it just piss you off? Yeah. Okay. I'm just confused confused by like the uh, the mind the thought process and you i know just want to I mean? like that's what put, that's i just want to piss me off what the fuck is your thought process here i just want to put this out there you know for our new listeners just so you're aware samantha does not listen to true crime in no. her spare time no she has not heard half of these stories and her reactions are 100% genuine. Yeah, I don't know. You guys were all here like, oh, I know who this is. I like, I'm going to, I'm clueless. No idea. He said, oh, I get it. Tiffany Skylight. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, I don't understand. 
true crime is not my thing on on my own on a daily basis. Not and something I do. True crime is my thing, and I'm still flabbergasted at why this asshole had to murder his whole fucking family. But whatever. Neighbors called the police on December 9th, 1971. Almost a full month later. Yeah. When they noticed the lights were burning out one by one, that is what clued them in, that there was no movement in this house. Oh, because he left all the lights on. He had left every single light on. They were curious of why the lights were staying on 24 hours a day, but it wasn't... Until a month later that... that when they started burning out, that they were like, oh, well, that's kind of weird because no one was replacing them. That's a strange thing to pick up on. I think because they were very uh, they, recluse. The family, yeah, the family was described as recluse. Recluse. Like they didn't really recluses. do much. Yeah. They, yeah, they didn't associate with their neighbors very often. Gotcha. So when police arrived, they, they entered through an unlocked window to discover the gruesome scene. And it didn't take long for them to find that five-page note from John to his pastor saying that he killed his family and why. He basically left a five-page confession note to his pastor. They also, it, it didn't, it took no time for them to find John's car parked at Kennedy International Airport, but they had no idea how to tell if he actually boarded a plane. Yeah. So, there you have it. Gone. Leads, gone. Nothing. They have nothing on John List at this current moment. Yeah, I mean, back in that time period, it was really hard to... It was harder to track people down. Especially, I mean, like, think, this was in think, the 70s. Yeah, early think 70s. back of Audrey Marie Hilly. Yeah, I know. that She was on the run for two years. Lo- longer than that. It was like four years. Three or four years. Not 18. No. But. <laughs> now we're going to jump forward 18 years. One day in 1989, New Jersey prosecutors got an idea. They asked a forensic artist named Frank Bender to make a bust of what he thought John would look at look like age progressed. Okay. Uh, he he couldn't destroy all the photos. There's no fucking way. Someone had some yeah, had that's one why he, somewhere. That's why he just dis- tried to destroy all the photos. Right. I figured that much that like he cut himself out of all the pictures so because he left a five page confession basically it'd be harder yeah, to which find is him. Stupid. I the mean, whole thing was stupid. I understand the whole thing is stupid, but... But they found a photo of John, and this man, he did that. He he made a bust of John List, or at least what he thought John List would look like 18 years after these okay. murders. And to clue you in, John List at the time of these murders was 40. He was in his 40s. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was kind of a... He, he was in his early 40s. He was, like, between 40 and 42. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like, two of his kids were, like, teenagers. Well, yeah, that's, all, uh, well, that's all right. All three technically were teenagers. So they took this bust that Frank Bender had made, and I probably called him John Bender at one point in time. Ignore it. it he's Frank Bender. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I've done that twice now, and it's because the name Bender reminds me of Futurama. <laughs> that's that <laughs> okay so they took the bust and they put it on america's most wanted and with john list's story in may uh may 21st 1989 19 yeah 89 making sure my dates are right oh dang 
right before little baby Sharon was born. Like literally days before. She said little baby Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a little baby Sharon? It'd be so cute. It's I little, know. She oh was adorable. God. So she would have been born, what, six days after this? Yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting. Uh, a woman called in a tip that the bust looked almost identical to her neighbor, Robert Clark. Oh, there's the Bob. He's a Robert. Robert. He changed his name to Robert Clark. Yeah. He changed his name to Robert Peter Clark. And the story behind this was he went to school with a, a guy named Robert Peter Clark that he claimed to be friends with. Oh, so he was trying to steal someone's identity? Like, just their name. And the real Robert Peter Clark said, fuck no, he had no idea who the fuck John List was. He, he said he'd never heard of the dude. Hmm. So I wonder how he got that, like, alias, sauna, alias, whatever. He probably just heard it sometime through college and was like, oh, I'm going to make a mental note of that. I don't know. He yeah. went by Bob. As when he changed Probably his name like to Robert. the only name he could pull out of the air of somebody that he knew or yeah. like could remember. She said he also uh, he was also an accountant and to and attended a Lutheran church. Police followed up on this tip, so they knocked on the door of Robert Clark's house and was met with his wife. She answered all the questions they asked her. They had an aha moment and knew they had found John List. He was arrested at a Richmond accounting firm on June 1st, 1989, nine days after the episode of America's Most Wanted aired. So, Yeah, that was fast. Sharon was born right in the middle of that. Yeah. Of that happening. A lot of those cases back then were solved pretty fast with America's Most Wanted. I will tell you that Frank Bender's bust of John List was almost fucking identical. That's crazy. And to have like limited like images to go off of. Yeah. When I say to create it, a age progress that it was close. Amazing what that man had done in his free time. Do I have it? I don't. I just have pictures of the family, the house and the bodies. I'll find it though because it was almost damn identical to John List as an elderly as an eight because uh, he would have been in age his... progressed 18 years the only thing that john bender added that it was extra wrinkles mostly so he would have been in his 60s okay yeah i mean it looks pretty similar he was he looked rough when he got arrested he's rough oh yeah that is surprisingly very accurate uh they said that Bender said that he kept the glasses because going off of what John List had done, he said that he would probably have kept the glasses he wore when he was a younger man because it made him look smarter. I can see that. More yeah. distinguished. Mm-hmm. And he So did. he ran and fled and started. A, did he have like kids again or did he just remarry? No, he just remarried. Okay. So over the last 18 years... When John List left the house, he had gotten on a train to Michigan, which is where he's from. Then he made his way to Colorado. He got a job as an accountant as Robert Peter Clark. He later became a controller at a paper box manufacturing, a manufacturer from 
1979 to 1986. He also started a carpool for his Lutheran church members. So he's out here living his best life. Yeah. Working at jobs when he could have just, just worked done, at jobs. He just, that's what I was sitting here thinking to myself mm-hmm. like, okay, why did you have to kill your family and flee the state in to order get to job? get new job, to get a new job? Like just, just sell your house and take your family with you to well, get a new job. not just that, just fucking push harder for a new job where you're at. Or, I don't know, move the whole family to get a job somewhere else. Doesn't it just piss you off? That doesn't make any sense. Nothing about this man will make sense to you. In 1985, he married a woman named Dolores, which is who answered the door. In 1988, he moved them to Virginia. The woman who called in a tip about John List was a neighbor he had in Denver. Oh, okay. So she remembered him. Right. From a couple years prior. Okay. So now they have him in custody. They know what he had done over the last 18 years. Basically lived his life. Got yeah, new jobs. Had a confession. Remarried. All that jazz. Even with the concrete proof, including his fingerprints and the crime scene, crime scene evidence, John continued to claim that he was indeed Robert Clark. He, he wouldn't admit it. It wasn't until February 16th, 1990, he confessed to them that he was actually John List. Which well, they, know, they, they are already freaking new. Yeah, they're not fucking dumbasses. While on trial, John said in 1971, now you're going to get a breakdown of his views on what happened. He was drowning in debt when the bank he was working at closed. Instead of telling his family about it and facing humiliation that continued and and facing humiliation, he just continued his normal routine. As time went on, he started to hint at the kids that they should start looking for part-time jobs to help them mature and teach them responsibility. But in all reality, he just wanted them to get jobs to help pay the bills. He was struggling to pay. Yeah, but, uh, okay, dude. They're 13, 14, and 16. In what reality are they going to just give you their money? Right. They're teenagers. Again, nothing about this man's thought process made sense. That's why it pisses me off. John also talked about how he was dealing with his wife's alcoholism and how she had to tear... Tertiary syphilis? Tertiary. Tertiary syphilis, which we learned that in the last two stages of syphilis. Yeah, there's four stages of syphilis, and you can only um, contract contract it in the first two stages. Right. So once you get into the latent stage of syphilis, you are no longer contagious to other people interesting because once you hit the latent stage of syphilis you no longer have um shankers and rashes sores basically so it's kind of like herpes except you um it's almost like going into something like remission kind of except so what happens with syphilis is the infectious bacteria will attack your body in the first day like the primary and secondary stage with these sores and these rashes and various other like fatigues and illnesses, headaches. And then it will heal itself. What they, you know, 
where it goes away and then it will sit dormant in the latent stage and you can be in the latent stage for 10 to 30 years before it will start before it'll go into the tertiary stage to where it'll start to actually attack your organs and nervous system and neurological yeah you start to get the signs of like what seems like dementia but it's basically eating away at your brain and it gives you psychosis but the thing about it is it's incredibly hard to detect that you have syphilis because the sores the shankers and the rashes are all painless there's no pus there's no pain it just looks like red patches like almost like chafing of the skin. So a lot of people ignore it and don't think that it's anything. So you can get into the latent stage easily because a lot of people ignore the initial signs because there's no pain involved with it. But it's all, if you catch it early, it's curable with penicillin. Syphilis is technically curable. Yeah, You go on an antibiotic, a penicillin yeah. regimen, like basically, but you have to catch it early enough. Interesting. That's why if you are sexually active with multiple partners, stay, like, continuously get tested because syphilis is very hard to detect on your own. The recommended is six months. Get tested every every six six months. months. PSA. Yes. (laughs) In case you Uh, needed a quick course on syphilis. Well, we, we now know this information because of this case. All I asked we discovered this because I needed to know what this was. Yes. Like how it worked because of the fact. So she went untreated. He said that she. Well, she had to have if she entered the tertiary stage. Like it had to go untreated at that point. He said she got it from her first marriage, but never told him. Never told John. But there's like a huge possibility that she didn't even know. Yes. It's possible. To tell him. Right. right. That's that's why that's me and that's why when I asked Samantha these questions, it was pertaining to the fact that one, she got it from her first husband. So I was wondering why John didn't have it. True. And two, why she didn't pass it on to her children, because syphilis can be passed from mother to baby. Yes. And if it is passed to the baby, they can they'll immediately start a penicillin on the kid because if it goes untreated in babies it can cause seizures and birth defects okay so when i went to samantha with the question of how do you contract syphilis or like do you have to have the sores like herpes and stuff this is where all that information poured out yeah because um also we use samantha as a dictionary sometimes instead of google (laughs) <laughs> she's she's really good at finding out the, f- the information you need because I would have never found any of that. <laughs> so uh, she never told him that they she had syphilis before they got married. He also said Helen forced him to marry her by pretending to be pregnant and demanded that they get that they also get married in Maryland, where they do not test for syphilis before marriage. So, so back to, then, he's trying to make it out to be like she trapped him in this marriage. Yes. Basically, though, as a new piece of information, back in the 70s, before you got married, you had to do a pre-syphilis screening in most states. Yeah, because it was pretty 
yeah prominent there was a period well, of time to where it was yeah because didn't hitler have it back in the 50s or uh i believe so and yeah. then one of the u.s president's wives i can't think of her name which one um i can't remember which one now so, i mean it was it was the, a pretty prominent thing but there was a lot of miscommunication about it at that point in time too but it's called the great pretender because, the illness is yeah. because it it looks like a regular skin rash. I'm so glad we have Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've learned enough about syphilis. Let's learn about more things that John List accused. Well, I mean, his it would explain her of. alcoholism, though. If yeah. she had started to become an alcoholic, she was probably at that point in a lot of pain. We have learned a lot about syphilis today. <laughs> yep. Get tested. On the alcoholism note. Uh, I will say that Helen had a daughter in her previous marriage. This is never talked about, usually in John List's case. She supposedly, I'm not going to say her name, but she supposedly got married at around the age of 20 and left the house because Helen was an alcoholic. Gotcha. Okay. So, so that, that is actually so, her oldest daughter's claim. So... There's a good possibility that, yes, she was an alcoholic, that he's not making that part up. Right. Which, to be fair, because John's a religious man, I want to explain also, she didn't divorce her first husband. He died in action. So she was a widow. Battle? Like, yeah, like war. Like World War II or Korea, the Korean War. Okay, but what does that have to do with him? Oh, well, because it was more or less, well, why would why would she have a previous daughter before John? Why would John marry her if he's super religious? Yeah, but she didn't if divorce. He was a, that's what I was getting that's at. That's what she was trying to say, that he was okay with marrying her because it wasn't through divorce. Her husband had died and she was a widow. Just making that clear. Okay, I got that's it. That's what she was trying to say. I got it. Okay. John continued to tell the court that the only reason he had even found out that she had syphilis was because she had a full workup done in 1969. But by this point, the syphilis, the syphilis, wow, the syphilis and alcohol abuse had, quote, transformed her from a, from an attractive woman to an unkempt paranoid recluse who frequently and often publicly humiliated list comparing his sexual prowess and unfavor prowess unfavorable nope <laughs> unfavorably thank you with that of her first husband okay so john claims that she was very much belittling him to all of their friends and neighbors that she didn't talk to because she was a recluse i'm just saying that's what john well, i'm sure said. she was in a lot of pain exactly he basically in court I mean, called her, her organs, ugly. Her organs were essentially shutting themselves, like they were shutting down. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that I agree with anything this man is saying because he seems like the type to be a fucking liar. Well, I mean, he did change his whole identity after murdering his family and lived an additional 18 years after that. During trial, John was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder by a court court appointed a psychiatrist and that psychiatrist would testify that that's why john had only two options kill his wife or accept welfare and welfare just wasn't an option 
Obsessive compulsive disorder made him do it. That is what this guy said. So kill the family and burn the house down. Well, he didn't burn the house down. The house did burn down like a couple. Yeah. It was the next year. Yeah. Nine or ten months after. But John didn't burn it down. We don't know who burned it down. It's burned down, though. I think it was him. Come back to cover up any extra evidence. Well, by that point, they had already... They had searched that house. They had already found the bodies and searched the house. Mm -hmm. I guess he didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure if he came back to burn it down, he knew the bodies were gone. Well, true. I don't know. I mean, it was less than a year after the murders. And who knows what they did or didn't keep or might want to go back and test or maybe... He figured out how much that skylight was worth and was mad about it and said, fuck that, fuck you, I'm burning the place to the ground. Anyway, he's at trial. Wait, is he at trial? Yeah, he's been at trial okay. this whole time. He's been, this This has been his arguments of why he okay. has done what he has done. So now God, it's obsessive-compulsive disorder. An obsessive-compulsive disorder. Okay. Those are reasons why he murdered his whole family. After that, John was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. At the sentencing hearing, the John would say, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. Uh, <sighs> excuse me? You're not accountable for what you did when you were in your 40s okay maybe if you were like 12 when you committed this crime but not in your 40s okay so there are certain things that i feel like yes it's silly to carry with a person over the years if they have changed as a human being they've grown but to murder your entire family and then go on the run and get remarried that's not forgivable that is one of those things that carry you carry along with you you are still held accountable for regardless of who you were then to who you are now i'm sorry you murdered your whole family for very selfish reasons don't apologize for john list he was a piece of shit well i'm just saying like Uh, and i mean he doesn't really have any family left and yeah i don't get it either People from the outside looking in that just catch the first part of this whole story will be like, oh, well, it was a religious-based thing. No, this was a selfish act. You cannot convince me otherwise. He did this selfishly well, for his even, own freaking reasons. I'm sorry to people out there, but even if it was religious-based, that doesn't it, make it any fucking better. No, that no. doesn't give you the right to murder anybody. I, you can't just claim... I'm so, you can't do bad shit. And then claim, I did it for religious purposes. That defeats the whole point of having a religion. Agreed. This, this like, man was selfish as shit. Religiously selfish or not, he was selfish. And there is no, no matter how many times you hear the story, no matter who tells this fucking story, there is no coming to logic with why he fucking did it. No, it seems... Well, there's not a lot of logic for any of them that kill their entire families. No. What I was explaining to Allison when I was getting heated about this, writing this bullshit, was at a, for a certain extent, you can look at like some serial killers and be like, oh, well, 
these things correlate with being a serial killer, so it kind of makes sense why they did the things that they did. Like being hit in the head, trauma, abuse, all of that bullshit. But for this specific dude, you cannot find a reason why he did this or anything like that. And because... all of his excuses are bullshit. So you cannot pinpoint the logic behind it at all. Not even a little bit. And why do you keep looking at me? <laughs> because I'm talking to you. You're the closest one to her. So. I, I was having the... It's, I I feel like she's about to come at me. I'm just like Sean's no, about I'm to throw just, hands. I just really I'm hate like, this guy. Hold <laughs> the fucking phone, Shauna. I am on your side. I know you're on my side. It's just, and I'm glad there's a table between us right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna fight anybody because of John List. The judge wasn't having it though, and was quoted saying, "John Emil List is without remorse and without honor." After 18 years, 5 months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. He then sentenced John to five consecutive life terms. Oh, damn. So, bye, bitch. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I hope he lived it up in those 18 years. Yeah. This also pisses me off. This part of this case also pisses me off quite a lot because he's a fucking douchebag. John tried to appeal his convictions on ground that he had PTSD from the wars that he had served in. Oh I'm not God. I'm not going to discredit this in any way, shape, or form because I don't know. It's the next part. But I'm going to explain. He was in World War II for three years and worked as a laboratory technician. And he was in the Korean War for two years and worked in the Finance Corp. So what PTSD does he have from looking at numbers and lab samples? I can't explain that to you. Right. Like, but I'm not going to discredit it. I was not in at that time, so I can't speak to how they ran things at that point. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to discredit the PTSD PTSD from war to make him kill his family over losing his job. That's with non-combat MOSs like that. I doubt he ever saw any action. I'm about to look it up. You look it up while I finish this next part. That also had I had a good fucking laugh about. It kind of still pisses me off that he thought that this was a thing. He also stated that the five-page confession letter shouldn't be admissible as evidence because he left it for his pastor, meaning it was confidential. No, a confession to your pastor, mouth to ear, is confidential. A five-page fucking confession letter you leave at a crime scene is not confidential. You weren't, (laughs) like, I'm sorry, y'all weren't supposed to read that, so that does not count. That was for my pastor, which is a confidential piece of evidence. You cannot have that. Like, buddy, then hand it directly to your pastor. Don't leave it on a kitchen table for somebody to find. Right? Okay, so a lab technician. That's what you said, right? Okay. So pretty much they perform elementary blood banking sample blood types, conduct laboratory procedures, maintain laboratory equipment, pack, unpack, inspect, store, and distribute blood and blood products. 
show probably wasn't directly in combat. No. And what was he the might other have been thing in a medical tent, but probably not in direct combat. He was combat. in their like, financing, their finance corps. And in that instance, you could have been exposed to it. I mean, yeah, if you're like thinking of it like the show Mash, that maybe. was that was uh, that wasn't World War Two. I didn't say it was, Bobby. No, she was saying <laughs> like if you were thinking of it. Wasn't that Vietnam? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking, I was saying if you like imagined it like MASH. He could have seen was right. Like he if he spent his it. time in one of those tents in the, the middle. The medical tents. Which stuff. is what in I the said. Middle of he the could battle. have been in a medical tent in the middle of a battle, but he's still not technically seeing the war. Well. I he's mean, seeing he's the, aftermath. the aftermath. He's seeing the aftermath. It all. Which uh, could give him PTSD. That's why I said I wasn't going to discount or discredit his PTSD. Well, even but given I just, having PTSD from the war, that doesn't condone what... It doesn't condone killing your killing whole family your because you dad. lost your job. It doesn't. Your actions are your actions. PTSD or no, he still killed his entire family and not... All in a moment, not all in a frenzied moment where he lost his mind and went through his house and gunned everyone down. He killed them he methodically. Plot? He yeah. killed two of them. Then he waited a few. Two more got home. He killed those two. Then he went to the game and picked up the next one and brought them home and then killed that one. This right. was methodical. It was, it out. was planned. He took his time. It was over the course of, of a, a day. day. Not... A singular incident. Right. So. Right. Which is what me and Allison were talking about. PTSD. I go PTSD is like. It's a very real thing. It is. And I I go I could understand that being like a thing. If he had did what you said. If he was having. Snapped out of anger. And. At that time what they called having an episode. If he was having a PTSD episode. Agreed. Of like. He Fury, just, just rage. It was just blind rage at that point. anything, because PTSD comes in many different forms as far as, like, emotions and stuff. But, yeah, it doesn't... The way he did it doesn't... Was mur- it was just flat out right. murder. It does not feel like a PTSD response. Which is... I, I, I talked all this through because I still am pissed off at this man. And probably always will be. Both appeal, both uh, reasons for appeal got denied by the federal court. They went, buddy, fuck off. No, you're staying in there. Yeah. Did you find out? Yeah, I know what it is. What? So it became a thing in 1950. So the United States Army Finance Corps is a combat service support branch of the United States Army. It became a thing in 1950. They are responsible for financial operations, most notably payroll and resource management. Okay, and that's what he was doing right before he got out. That's what he was doing during the Korean War. Yeah. Okay. Was working in finance corps. Because at that point. Okay, so for that, he didn't, he was not in any. No. By the time he had made it to the Korean War, he had already had his college degree in business and all that bullshit accounting accounting 
accounting which would make sense accounting <laughs> <laughs> which would make sense that he would go into accounting right he would start working he, for a bank if they moved was, him there pretty quickly into the korean war like he went in like he was basically drafted back then moved into that because they're like oh well he actually is an accountant right that's what i'm saying it would make fucking sense that they would be like oh okay you work you make sure everybody gets paid yeah pretty much have all of you been thinking what I have been thinking this entire story? Well, if John wanted to get right with God, I don't. I don't. Know. I, I, I don't know. What not, have you been thinking, Sean? I, I mean, that's a pretty. I mean, right then I was thinking about the army and money. I meant uh, overall the whole story. Why didn't John kill himself? Well, because he's religious, and a and lot of religions yeah. seriously. Yeah, suicide is suicide a, is a mm -hmm. hell to the no. Yeah, that well, does not happen. He was asked in an interview why he didn't commit suicide, and his reason was exactly that: it was religious. It it would keep him out of heaven, and yeah, and he wouldn't get to reunite with his family like they would want to see you again. That was his answer, which also pissed me off. Yeah, that because is a you didn't weird have religious to... skew that doesn't make any See, sense that to me with like people. What religion was he? Because Lutheran. That Lutheran. sounds like a, a more of a Mormon thing. He was Lutheran. LDS thing because they believe you all go to this certain spot all together, like no matter what. Like I'm only coming, like this is coming to me because of sister wives and like one of them has left the family one that wasn't like officially married to him. She was just married in the eyes of God and the LDS church. Uh-huh. And she has since divorced him, but not in the eyes of the LDS church because she said she doesn't see the point because they weren't truly married uh -huh. to begin with. But he is like, it doesn't matter if if it's not done through the church, then when we pass away, she'll come back and be with our family like we were before because we're bound to each other by the church and marriage and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, even if you split up, you're saying if you don't officially do it through the church, through the church, then she's still bound to you even if you guys spent the next 20 years apart. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's strange. I don't, un I don't get the... The thought process with some religions of, or just like, you know, religious killings of like, it's forgivable for me to murder this person or murder my whole family, my wife, my kids. But as, as long as I don't commit suicide, then I'm still going to get to heaven. Well, yeah, like, there's a reason for that. And my family is going to be there. You can confess your sins for murder. You cannot confess your sins for suicide. Exactly. That that's the difference. So that five-page that, that five-page note, confession note to his pastor was him confessing asking, his sins and yeah, asking for forgiveness. asking for forgiveness. I guess it just seems you can't ask so for forgiveness for if suicide. You're dead. Now, what really pisses me off about that line of reunite with my family. You never had to kill them in the fucking first place, John. Right. You could I have stayed like, with your I feel like it family. was more of a how his wife was is why he did it. I That's Probably. what I'm saying. If he's going to bring that up in court, 
it no doubt was the fact that his he didn't couldn't divorce his wife and didn't quite love her anymore either. Yeah. And he probably killed the kids because he didn't want to be the sole person stuck taking care of them. And he killed his mom because she was sickly and he also didn't want to be the sole person taking care of her. So it was easier to just be done with the whole situation. Regardless, I understand the anger with this case. It's very dumb. Yeah. It's like a... like. A big contradiction. Everything this man does yeah. is a fucking contradiction to him. Again, to we're sorry. We have dogs. <laughs> yeah. Ignore you can hear them. them barking in the background. Ignore them. To finish the story off, John Emil List died of complications of pneumonia on March 21st, 2008 in prison. I'm going to say good. And I'm also going to say hope it was painful. You know what? I agree. I kind of hope it was painful, too. I hope you drowned on lots of fluid there, John List. I just, the the order in which this man did the things. Yeah. You, you kill your wife, your mother, you eat a sandwich, you go to the bank, clear the bank account. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then you, sh- you, you come home, you shoot your two kids, then you go to another kid's soccer game, come back and fucking start cleaning up messes. What the fuck? No, I don't know. All right, well, on that note, I think I'm done being pissed off. What about everybody else? <laughs> I don't know why this, this case has always haunted me. Well, I mean, it's always I, going to. Yeah, I don't like being pissed off, so I'm definitely done with that, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a so weird one. It's fucked up. It's a weird one. All right, so if you enjoyed listening to that case, let us know. Hop on wherever you're listening to this. Give us a review. Give us five stars. A follow, a share. Check us out on Instagram for pictures at Missing Murdered Haunted. Check us out on Facebook, Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. If you have a case suggestion, email us, missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. Anyone have anything they'd like to add in? Nope. Uh, I don't think so. Don't kill your whole family and think you can get away with it. No, don't do that. Because you won't. Nope. No, you won't. See you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.